Hey friends, welcome back to another Seed Talk with Lisa and Lane. Hey Lane. Hello. So friends, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. We're so glad you're here. And this podcast is brought to you by thegardenersworkshop.com, which is kind of mine and Lane's day job that keeps us busy. And we'd love for you to drop in over there. So friends, we're going to dive in here today. What are we talking about today, Lane? Well, going into the winter months, we start to get a lot of questions about row cover. So today we're just going to be going over a few row cover do's and don'ts, a little Hmm. refresher or some guidelines to help you throughout the winter months to know what to do with this row cover. We get questions about when do I put it up? When do I take it down? How do I stop my row Hmm. cover from blowing off? So we're just going to go through some do's and don'ts to help you be the most successful with your row cover. Awesome. Let's jump in. Okay, so the first row cover do is going to be do have everything in place and ready to go before you need it. You know, we can say this till the cows come home and I still, this year we're ready. This is an unusual year. There's always like one more bed that we fell short. We didn't have enough hoops. We didn't have enough weights. We didn't have enough row cover or something that we have to do an extra step or something and it doesn't get set up. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be 16 degrees tonight. We got to cover that bed. It just eliminates panic and provides for your plants better, right? To just have everything ready to go on the, the, you know, drop of a pen. Yeah. And it's always when you least expect it, it's like warmer than normal fall. And you're like, oh, I don't need to worry about that yet. And then that's when you get slammed with a really cold night coming up and you're unprepared. So what do you like to have in place Lisa, before you even need it? What does that mean to you? Sure. So because we do use row cover, you know, a lot for wind protection here, protection from the wind and also grazing varmints. Um, So we pretty much cover everything for most of the winter when it's the proper temperature outside. So that means that we have to have hoops on the beds. Those are the lightweight um, wire hoops. We have the row covers laying in the pathway and we have the appropriate number of anchor bags on that. So literally, you know, I can look at the weather and go out and just pull up the covers and get them set up to go um, because it's a lot of work putting down. If you try to do everything at once, that is a lot of work to do. So, yeah. So having everything just Bobo and Andrew just get everything set up so I can go out there and provide protection on, you know, looking at my phone app and going, whoopsie, didn't know that was coming, you know? And our next do is going to be do space and install your hoops and anchor bags properly so that those row covers stay secure and they stay in place once you put them up and they're not constantly shifting or blowing off. So how do you properly install row cover, Lisa? Can you just walk us through it as though we're out there with you in the garden? Sure. The way that, um, and I want to say, and Bobo has now come around to this too, we prefer to install row cover by ourselves. It's not an easy two-person job. And um, so, you know, once you put your hoops down and then we find appropriate length row covers, so it's the length of your bed plus about five feet, a tail on each end of about five feet, And then there is a anchor bag of the appropriate weight, which I have found to be 15 pounds is a really good size weight that provides the best protection. That would be 15 pounds of soil, sand, or rocks, whatever, gravel, whatever you have. 
And then the most important key piece is to put down the appropriate number of anchor bags to yes. truly secure your row covers. Um, I hear from people all the time, oh, I live in a really windy site. There's no way I can keep row covers down. Well, we have videos showing, I mean, our row covers flat all winter long with rolling, robust wind. And when you have the appropriate weight, about 15 pounds per bag, and you have the appropriate number of them, um, it's like it makes the job so much easier. So what is that appropriate number? I put a bag on both sides of the bed at the foot of every hoop. And then I put three weight bags at the end of each end of the bed. And that is so. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to put the row cover up. So I go to one end of the bed and I open up the row cover across the hoop and I put one bag in the middle of the bed at the head. And then I stretch out the row cover and put the bags on. Think about this. You don't want to bunch up the roll cover like you're tucking it in like a fitted sheet, right? You don't want to put a bag on that. You want the, the row cover to be laid out flat so that you have as much surface of row cover underneath the, the anchor bag so it gets best. So I put three weights across the head. Then I go to the other end of the bed without any weights installed on the side. And I pull the row cover tautly and do the very same thing again. It's not got to be super tight, but you want it the less flapping, the best it stays down. Do the very same thing I did at the head. Put the center one down, then pull the fabric out and put those weights on top. And then I go down one side of the bed, installing the weights at the foot of each hoop, of each hoop and making sure that I'm leaving enough excess fabric on the other side of the bed. I eyeball it across the bed to make sure you're not taking too much on one side. I walk down one side, put them all. Then you go back to the other side and walk down and do the same thing. And um, I mean, when you do that and it takes practice, don't expect to install the perfect tunnel on the first time. But, you know, I've done it now thousands and thousands of times. Um, I am a pretty good tunnel maker low tunnel yeah. maker. And so is Bobo. Um, and so that's kind of the way that we consider it to be done properly. When you skimp on the hoops or the weight bags, you end up fussing with them all winter. And I mean, what does one additional, I mean, for me, I just say, all right, get another bunch of hoops and buy two more, you know, rolls of anchor bags and just do it. And I mean, it's a pleasure. It just makes the job so much quicker and more efficient. Yeah, I do think spacing of the hoops and the anchor bags, that's a place where people commonly go wrong. So what yeah. is the spacing you prefer to do for your hoops? In a perfect world, 10 feet. But I've been known if we, I mean, we were, when we were in high production, we never had enough of anything. You know, there was always more beds than we had. And we'd go to 12 feet, which would basically allow us to have enough extra hoops to do another bed. You know, um, but 10 foot is the perfect. Um, so if you have a 50 foot bed, that's six hoops, which translates into 12, about 15, 18 weights. Um, and it seems like a lot, but that's what it takes to do the job. Yeah. And the anchor bags can just be filled with materials that aren't very expensive. What do you like to fill your anchor bags with, Lisa? Well, you know, because I'm married to a man with a dump truck <laughs> um, and I don't use garden soil. You know, if you had live on a big farm, 
you got tons of dirt out there. We don't have that. You know, we have a working garden. I don't have enough soil to just scoop that into a bunch of weight bags when you look at the volume of weight bags. So Stevie brings me home a dump truck load of 57 gravel. Um, and we just sit down and shovel them in and make the bags. And um, the bags, um, as everything that's outside, you know, has a life when it's being exposed to UV rays. We tend to get about two years out of a weight bag for sure. Um, and we do that because whenever they're not in use in the garden, we pile them um, in a spot that's easily accessible. And then we cover that pile with either a silage tarp or maybe even old landscape fabric so that they're not actively breaking down when they're not being in use. Um, but what I've learned to do to save work is I always have extra new bags on hand. And when we're picking up bags, if you start to see a bag breaking down, we just grab another bag and just drop it in there with the previous bag that beats shoveling all over again. Um, so that's really worked out well. How about if someone doesn't have a piece of row cover that's long enough for their whole bed and uh, they want to overlap two pieces? What are well, your thoughts on that? I'm a professional at that. <laughs> and I'm here to say, don't do it. <laughs> and here's why. I mean, this is the only, I mean, obviously if you have no other choice, you've just got to do it. But here's the drawback. Again, when a row cover, just like actually the, any film, whether you use plastic or the biodegradable film that we use, um, the only, what keeps it on the bed is sealing the edges so that air cannot get under it and lift just like a sail. I mean, that's exactly yeah. how it works. And when you have big holes in your row cover or you piece them together, that is just a weak spot. And as I said, we are so windy here. It just does not take much. I mean, it doesn't matter how effectively or how wonderfully I build that. You still have that breach where there's an end. And if all it takes is a wind to blow in the right direction. Um, so in a worst case, do it. We've done it. That's why I know how to do it, not to do it. But sometimes you have to. But the goal is to have full length row covers with no holes, because holes are, it's all about air, not exposing your plants. It's wind getting under it and lifting the row cover. Yeah. So have everything tight and minimize, like you said, any yeah. wind getting up under the row cover, that's going to cause them to come off and you're just going to be frustrated. Yeah. And I have yet to find any effective way to fix holes. I mean, it's just row cover. I mean, in the big picture, I mean, obviously it's expensive. Everything's expensive and has a cost. But it is far less, unless you're doing everything by yourself, you don't are not paying labor, but your time, if you're doing that is even more valuable. You are better off to buy a new roll of row cover and replace those than to try to patch. We have yet, because the rain and wind just rip it apart. Okay, now we're going to move on to our next don't. And our don't is going to be, don't feel the need to use really heavy weight row cover and do have additional lightweight row cover on hand. So let's just start with the heavyweight part. And I also just want to say that if you prefer to use heavyweight row cover to overwinter your plants, obviously keep doing whatever works best for you. But we just wanted to point out that oftentimes lightweight row cover really is sufficient and it can be a lot more versatile. So what would you say about heavyweight versus lightweight row cover, Lisa? Sure. So um, I, I guess it's probably been 10 years ago. Um, we did invest in a heavier weight row cover thinking, okay, 
we'll have some heavy and we'll have some light because there's lightweight use. Like oftentimes we use row cover in the summertime for pests, for, you know, to prevent pests from having access to our plants. Well, the lightweight is what you need because it has 85% air, water, and light penetration. Every pinch of heaviness that you add to that, you're getting less, less light, less water getting through. Um, and it just becomes more of a um, maintenance issue, potentially. Plus, for us, um, then we got really confused. There was really no way to tell the heavier weight from the lightweight. Yeah, there is a difference, but in a big farm, busy farm, working, it was constantly, is this the heavy or is this the light? So I learned really quickly that we needed to have one weight and one weight only. And the most useful weight for us was lightweight because in the event that I needed a heavier weight, like a, you know, a, a blast of single digit cold here that we don't often get, I could just put a second layer on. Um, right. And so in the heavyweight, um, you know, some people do find um, that it works for them. I think that most people's issue with the lighter weight is they tend to rip it and you really have to learn how to handle it. Um, and it really, you can not rip it when you learn how to weight it properly, how to pull it, how to not let it flap and get holes ripped in it. Um, and, and just the way it's kept. And we also store them in our potting shed out of the UV rays because they too can break down. But yeah, so there's nothing wrong with heavyweight. We just find it's more uses for the lightweight. And it in our situation with multiple hands here, it was just very confusing to keep them delineated. That's a really good point. And by lightweight, we're talking about Agrabon Ag-19 that offers up to four degrees Fahrenheit of temperature protection. But like Lisa mentioned before, one of the main purposes of row cover is actually just protecting from wind. I mean, it's almost like, you know, if you, you know, I've heard Dave Dowling say that um, when you row cover, like you're seeing pictured, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I would suggest you do because there's great examples of how we do our row covers. But you could, if you're plant, want to plant late, you know, you found yourself needing to plant late in the fall, um, immediately row cover in them buys you like a month back. You know, it's more because it just breaks the wind and concentrates the sunshine. And, um, you know, I just I think that part of my success with cool season hardy annuals, particularly in fall planted, came because of my paranoia back in the beginning that I was going to freeze them all to death. Do you know what I mean? I didn't believe that they were really going to survive. So I would row cover in that effort. But in fact, what really happened is that row cover that I used was so lightweight, it didn't really offer a whole lot of cold, but the wind protection just made the quality of our plants and their ability to grow and get rooted in to start growing earlier in spring was just accentuated when I row covered them. And so it was something I did in the beginning that I didn't really realize all the good stuff that was going to come from it. But I think row cover is way underused. Um, although I will say that I don't suggest that if you have borderline cold temperatures, you know, if it, we don't even put them up till it's 25 or below, you know, you want, they want to be out in the air. Cause guess what? Bugs will live under there too. If it's, you make it yes. too sweet under there. So you, you just have to learn the ebb and flow of it. And um, yeah, so lightweight is definitely the way that we prefer. 
Yeah. And one of the advantages to the lightweight, like we mentioned, is it is really versatile. So you can use it for something like protecting from deer and rabbits, as well as your winter protection. And that being said, it can also be a good idea. Our next do is do have additional lightweight row cover on hand, because if you do have a really, really low dip in temperatures or something coming, you can actually double row cover them. So it can be a good idea to have almost twice as much row cover as you need in case of an event like that. Yes. And, you know, and so we have enough row cover here because, you know, we don't we're not growing it quite as big as we used to. And so I literally have enough row cover that for cool flowers, we can double row cover our entire garden if need be. Um, we do, when I'm first trialing some new cool season hardy annuals that we don't know whether there'll be winter survival here or not, then we will definitely double row cover them if we start dipping down into the teens. It's like, a, I really want to try to get a true reading, um, but we also want to give them a chance, you know, and so uh, a double row cover um, option makes you sleep better at night if for no other reason than to have an extra roll. You just can't even believe what peace of mind having additional row cover brings to you when, you know, the crazy weather is happening. As we the weather's just so unpredictable now. This is just your this is your seatbelt in a car is basically what it is. Okay, our next do is going to be do put up and take down your row cover based on temperatures and the weather. And don't feel the need to weigh down that entire loose edge when you do pull it down. Can you right. talk about those? And Lisa, we will talk about the weather in just a moment separately. So maybe just focus on temperatures for now. Okay. So kind of my um, used to be back when I first started growing cool flowers, um, Typically, we would put the row covers up around Thanksgiving because that's when it tended to go below freezing and it would just stay there. And basically, the, the covers would stay up all year. It was really pretty simple. I look back now and think, oh, my gosh, what a dream that was. That is not the yeah. case now. Um, so these days, my marker is I say that I put my row covers up when it's going in the mid-20s. Um, well, in fact, most of my cool flowers would survive below that it tends to kind of mark and time in my weather patterns here for me that when we're hitting those light lows of below 25, we're typically getting into the colder time of winter. So it's less likely that I'm going to have to take them back down again because it's a lot of work when you have a lot of beds. So in my book, when it hits 25 or below, our row covers go up or a windstorm. Um, that would also do that. But 25 degrees is when we put them up, and then we take them back down when the weather forecast is showing above 50 to 55 degrees in the afternoon, and it's typically going to do that for more than one day. You don't want that warmer temperature under that cozy cover to be long enough that it's going to encourage either dormant plants to wake up and start growing again or fall plantings that are still kind of getting rooted in to start doing top growth. Um, so I take them back down if we're going to have several days over 55. And when you're taking them down, you might think, oh, I need to move every single anchor bag on that one side and then weigh it down. You have found that that's not really necessary and can lead to a lot of extra work. 
Correct. And so on my farm, I know which way the wind blows most often. And so I also try to work with the wind. Um, so I tend to take the when, the picture that we're looking at. Um, I tend of looking in this picture, I tend to pull the bags off of the left side of the bed. And then I, once all the bags are off, and that includes the bags on the end, you know, or at least the two on the left, the middle and the one on the left, and they're off just setting in the pathway. And then I just go to the other side and pull the cover and just kind of tuck it down. I don't put the weight bag that's on the right-hand side of the bed on top of the whole row cover, because then that means instead of just walking along and kind of loosening that row cover when it's time to put them back up, you don't really even have to, I can stand on the left side of the bed and reach across and grab one into the row cover and kind of give it a tug and the wind kind of helps bring it up um, because you're right. We, I had a really helpful employee once years ago that I sent them out to take it down. I thought they'd been versed in this, but apparently not. And they very efficiently um, took the bags off on the left and then pulled the covers off and then lifted the bags on the right and tucked them and put the bag back on top of the whole cover. And that meant I had to touch every single bag again. Um, and so practice makes perfect. And you find out what how it works for your farm, you know, but that worked really, really well for us. We used to plant 42 to 48 cool flower beds, 120 feet long. And that is a lot of bags and a lot of row cover. And so all of these little individual efficiencies just make it a doable job. And maybe if you live somewhere where it's extremely windy or maybe the way your beds are oriented, you can't use the wind to your advantage. So perhaps you will find that you need to weigh them down, but try it without it because it will yeah. save you a lot of time. So Lisa, what temperatures would you start thinking about double row covering with lightweight row cover? Um, first off, the first thing I think of how important is that crop to me? So for instance, I can always remember back when we would grow just tons of Bells of Ireland because, you know, we never had enough to meet demand. Um, I would always double row the bells when we when it would call for 15 degrees or below, particularly single digits. I think I would be so afraid that they were going to get killed, winter killed. Um, and so that's when I would do it. So really, so the first thing I think of is how important is the crop and then what is that threatening temperature? And I would say when we would start getting into the lower teens and single digits, which is not standard temperatures for us. And so I plant according to that, right? So I fall plant anything that winter survives my winter. And when we have those, when you have unusually low temperatures for your zone, then you have to think, okay, I planted for my zone. This is unusual. Maybe I better add some added protection is what that boils down to. Um, and so, and, you know, putting the second layer on is I do it exactly the same way I put the first layer on, but the bags are already down because the first layer is already weighted. Um, and it's really pretty easy to do. And Bobo and I have even tried using those holy row covers, you know, that we, for several years, we said, well, we'll keep them and use them as the second layer. They get so ripped off because of those holes. Um, it's just becomes more of a, I mean, it's one of those things that's like, oh my gosh, I should not have done that. So, yeah. but you do what you got to do with what you have. One other question we've been getting a lot lately is 
I think people do understand you're removing the row covers from your cool season hardy annuals. You don't want to encourage them to grow too much when the temperature is getting higher. What about something like eucalyptus that is a perennial in warmer climates? Do you still pull down the row covers from that the same way you do with your cool flowers? Or is that just specific to your cool flowers? So that's a good question. So we do winter over eucalyptus here, even though we're not really supposed to, or it's not supposed to winter survive with a little bit of help, they will survive. Um, and so we, the way we do that is we mulch it with about 12 inches of leaves after we've cut the plants back to about 12 to 18 inches tall. Um, and then we mulch them deeply and we double cover them. They stay double covered all year in, you know, under in the all winter. Um, and so because most often cool flowers are planted along in the same beds, meaning like there might be eucalyptus in the front half of the bed and we planted cool flowers in the back half of the bed so that we can foster and take care of that eucalyptus like the cool flowers, we kind of follow the same thing. So, I mean, 55 degrees to eucalyptus is not a problem. So yeah, we just kind of follow suit of what we're doing for the cool flowers. Okay, now we're going to move on to talking about some weather conditions, and we'll talk about storms in just a minute as well, but our first do is going to be, do leave row covers up if you're just experiencing rain and wind, but don't ever leave your row covers up if you're expecting frozen precipitation like ice or snow. Yeah, like this picture. <laughs> yes. So this why is it so important to take your row covers down if it's going to snow or if there's going to be icy conditions? Right. So really, I mean, we should mention that snow and ice are a better insulator than a row cover ever thought about. But with fabric underneath of that, it can smother and rot and make mushy. Um, fortunately, this image that we see, and I cannot remember why I did not take my row covers down. Um, this was several years ago. You can see there's no houses built next to me. And I just have to say this. So if you're watching this on YouTube, if you look at the word covers that Lane has on the slide, and it's almost, if you look at the V, and if you look straight up into the trees, up near the top of a tree, you see a little dark spot. That was our great horned owl's nest. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, I can't remember why I did not take these row covers down here, um, but we survived. So what typically if you get a snow like we're so famous for here, we get a snow today and it melts almost immediately, which is what happened here. I mean, the next day it warmed up, the sun came out. So there wasn't enough time for smothering to actually happen. But if you have this scenario and the snow stays or ices, um, it will smother and um, unfortunately rot your stuff. And ice can also make the row covers stick to your hoops. And it's Oh my just... gosh. And rip your, don't even try to touch frozen row covers. Oh, I mean, no. you'll rip them. You'll just mess them up. So, I mean, I've been out at night with a headlamp on pulling <laughs> covers down knowing that I needed to get them the way they needed to be because it was going to rain um, and then freeze. And then it's going to be, you know, 20 degrees and there'd be no moving them. Um, so any frozen precipitation covers down. Now, obviously everyone's going to have to use their best judgment on this, but for you, Lisa, are there any rain or wind conditions that would cause you to take your row covers down? And if so, what type of a storm would it have to be for you to take them down? 
Well, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, if there's no, if it's not cold enough to freeze or snow, I'd leave them up and just let it happen. I mean, if it's going to be a serious storm, you know, you don't want your row covers to wrap in the power lines, but you know, I probably would just leave them and let whatever, let it hold on as best as it can. And just one more do that's not an official do, but do peek under the covers. <laughs> do you agree with that, Lisa? That's the scariest thing a flower farmer does. And so, um, yeah, you know, you might want to go out and check, especially once your winter sets in. Um, but I will tell you that your plants may look like little frozen popsicles, but it's not the top half of the plant that's the most important. It's the bottom half. So don't get, I mean, we get tons of emails about that, right? It's like, oh, I'm sure they've died. Well, they may have, but not likely. Cool flower, cool season hardy annuals are so much more, they're much more vigorous than we are. Um, It's that we question them. And so you just have to prepare the best, plan on time, provide the needed cover, like row covers, um, and to do the best you can. And you soon learn. I used to Fret, oh my goodness, I won't even tell the stories about how we started all plants all over again. And guess what? They weren't dead at all. They can't, you know what I mean? So you just have to get a little experience under your belt and you will feel so much more confident. Well, I hope that helped answer some of your questions about row covers and helps give you some guidelines to follow throughout the winter. And don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you're listening or watching. And that way you won't miss any of our future episodes. But thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Yes. So thanks, Lane. This was a really perfectly timed. um, I know that I get this question on social media when I'm doing lives and this will this will be a really, really useful um, answer, lots of answers to lots of questions that we're getting now. So friends, thanks for joining us. And remember, if you want to see more of what we're doing, head over to thegardenersworkshop.com, which is home base for us and loaded with fun stuff to do all winter long. Yep. We meet again, friends. Bye, Lane. Bye.